0: So this is what we did so this is where it gets a little bit mind-blowing to me because we could stop it right here and you guys would be like wow that's incredible and amazing and whatever and lo and behold we had no clue what was about to change and what was about to happen in our life Man, I am ready for this episode. Oh yeah? I feel like I there's so many things that I've been just like holding in and wanting to say and this is going to be the episode. I think I'm going to get get a lot of that out of me on this episode. Um, by the way, congrats on 31 Days Sober officially. Heck yeah. High five. Look at us go. Pumped for that sober it flew by it really let's did. actually talk about that really fast let's before we it. jump into everything else like 31 days being sober what has that felt like to you
1: oh my gosh it's just the clear-headedness the it's honestly been easy I wake up every day more motivated than the previous day I'm How not gonna you?
0: lie like i it felt like more of a more of like a high yeah when we first quit
1: that's true. I think that's your body doing like the mass, like 180. It's so you, yeah, to like the
0: contrast. Yeah, the contrast of not being, I don't even want to use the word hungover because it's not like we we're hungover every single day. But the contrast of the, the fogginess compared to the clear headedness was mind blowing to me in the beginning.
1: Yeah. So now it feels like we're settling into the new normal. Rather than like the quick flip, yeah, of the changes and experiencing all those changes, kind of like so strong and positive, and they're still great. I still love it, but yeah, it, it was like almost a high right off the bat.
0: Yeah, that, and it's not that it was easy. I don't want to necessarily say that it's easy because I feel like um, I feel like that is important to say. If we didn't express that. Enough. I know that you just said just now that it feels easy, but um, it's not so much that it was easy to quit. It was more of like the timing of it, mm-hmm. and us just truly being ready for a change and being able to identify the fact that alcohol was the block that we needed to remove.
1: Yeah. So I think when you when you factor in all that like hard work up front, then the decision feels easy, but. Easy is probably not the best word to use, but
0: yeah, I think that it is it's it's important, and what I want people to take away from our journey of like choosing to become sober has a lot more to do with choosing the life that we want in the future, mm-hmm. and then recognizing anything and everything that was potentially keeping us from getting there, because alcoholism or being an alcoholic or habitually drinking if you don't consider yourself an alcoholic like all everyone's relationship with alcohol is so unique and it's so personal to them their journey and what they struggle with so I don't want to downplay that ever and I've as much as like our feedback has been positive I've had you know people who've really struggled with alcohol almost act like I've taken it like too lighthearted, and that's not true but we're not here to speak to people who have like an illness necessarily. Like we're trying to speak to anyone who doesn't have a healthy relationship with alcohol and they want to have our insight and our story potentially empower them to cut back or view their relationship with alcohol differently.
1: And we're not doctors, right? So all we can do is share from our experiences and hopefully you can either relate to it or be entertained by it. Or, um, if it doesn't resonate, then you don't have to like take the advice or the story it's not even really like advice it's just sharing of our experiences
0: yeah so I think this goes hand in hand with a few other things going on in our life and we want to kind of put all these puzzle pieces together because I quite honestly can't remember if we mentioned the bathtub thing like the prayer that we said out loud that I feel right. like has now been a giant's Viral of what feels like one way to put it. catastrophe that has, you know, tower moment after tower moment that has happened in our life, which is the biggest blessing that we've probably ever had that feels like the worst day of your life over and over and over again. <laughs>
1: yeah. So set the scene. What was the bathtub moment?
0: Yeah. So, um, this episode we're going to call, what? what do you want to call it? I'm thinking The Rescue.
1: The Rescue? I yeah. think we should go with that.
0: We just, we had an amazing church service today with at Crosspoint Church here in Nashville. And I know I mentioned this before that my youth pastor, Kevin Queen, is the pastor at Crosspoint now in Nashville. He was my youth pastor in Georgia. So it's really cool how he's kind of resurfaced into my life at a time that was clearly divinely orchestrated. And, um, like I've mentioned also in past episodes, I've always had a very close relationship with God. However, struggled with, you know, the, I guess like religious aspect of it mm-hmm. and religion as a whole compared to just purely having a relationship with God, which is how I've always seen it. It's just like, I have a relationship with God and I believe in God and I feel very spiritually in tune and I believe, you know, in prayer and whenever I'm going through a hard time that God's always been there for me, that he'll provide for me. I've prayed, you know, multiple times in my life, you know, for me to be put on the right path and, and you know, through even, you know, through my parents a lot of times, honestly, I think they've been not a good representation to me of sometimes just judgmental aspects or just things that I don't feel like align with what I view being a spiritual person or being aligned with, with God. And, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just think that they have fallen a lot of times for me personally, um, just in, in a world of Christianity that if anything, probably like, has pushed people away from it, and some of my siblings even. So, um, anyway, I say all this to say that I have always had a very close relationship with God that I have felt like I've never strained f- strayed from, regardless of me, you know, going to church every Sunday. Like, my spiritual journey has been super, super interesting, and I want to get into that a little bit later. And I have what I would like to say what I like to call is like a spiritual awakening like a few years ago probably like four years ago now and that's played a huge huge role in like where the the pivotal point that we are at right now like not only has it played a role in our relationship and everything where we've been but it's played a point right now and I want you to actually say what happened in the bathtub
1: Okay, so Maris is taking a bathtub, as she usually does in the evening time. taking
0: a bathtub. (laughs)
1: You're taking a bathtub. (laughs) That's how we refer to it now. And sometimes I'll just sit in there kind of on the floor and we'll talk while you're in there. Yeah. You know, so this particular night, we just started talking kind of like about our relationship and how it related to the business, right? And -hmm. the roles we saw ourselves, where we wanted it to go, um, and just started... It kind of build built from there the conversation right yeah with where we saw where the business has been where it currently is where we see it going and where we see ourselves fitting into it
0: well because right? it actually sparked from a conversation I was taking a bath which I often do especially when I'm upset You're taking a bathtub I was taking a bathtub <laughs> like I typically do when I'm upset and <laughs> I because to me water is very healing to me and I view it that way so like taking a really hot shower and letting the water like rush over me like I very much and visualize visualize. (laughs) envision the water really like cleansing me and cleansing my soul and like just like washing away like whatever stress that I have so I take a bath literally every single night if if I'm able to And so, what had happened this night was, what happened
1: was,
0: (laughs) um, one of our friends called me out. And we might have mentioned this, but I'm going to bring it back up. One of our friends had kind of called me out for what what he thought was me being disrespectful to Andrew, handling something in the business. And we were out at a bar drinking, you know, where all good things have happened. And this is a bar that we would go to a lot with our friends. And we were just, you know, chit-chatting about the day, like wrapping up work like we typically would on a Friday. And, you know, seeing our favorite bartenders and just kind of decompressing. That was like our Friday thing. Every single Friday, we'd walk over to this bar over in Germantown um, that we loved. And it was like our routine. So we're there on a Friday and wrapping up work. And then something like just what I saw as very, like, trivial and beneath us for for how it was being handled like beneath us in the sense of like we should have had a handle on it like Andrew should have had a handle on it my team should have had a handle on it it's something that I've spent hours and times whatever like and I was just at a breaking point like the fact that another little tiny mistake was happening again that I felt like should have been prevented and I have poured enough time and energy into training so Andrew being the role that he has in the company compared to my role in the company um he I know him and I know in this instance that he would be looking for my guidance or not so in that moment it was like a one I just like told him exactly what to say like looked at what he was typing and I was like that's not how to handle it this is how you should handle it and you can say how you how you feel or how you felt I guess yeah so I was
1: I was looking to you for advice it was a communication thing and you're really good at that, and you're you're helping me to resolve the situation so we can end our Friday on a high note. And I was very appreciative of that advice. But our friend, kind of observing what was happening, kind of saw it more as like husband and wife, and wife like talking. How did how did he take it? Like down to me, or
0: he like felt like I was treating me a certain yeah, way. Yeah, he felt like I wasn't giving you room to handle the situation how you saw fit, and he mm. thought that I was overstepping. And inserting myself inappropriately and that and trying to basically control, control like what was happening instead of giving you the freedom to be able to handle it how you thought it should be.
1: Right. And because you and I are around each other all the time, we've been together for years at this point. I think we're able to like I'm I'm able to communicate to you that I need help without me asking like a lot of stuff happens without it being said. Right. So someone's looking from the outside might miss those. Little cues, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I we're taking it as a work situation where I'm kind of asking for your help. You're stepping in and helping it, me and going forward. Whereas an outside observer could be like, yeah, could take it. So the flash...
0: whatever. So yeah. the yes, that just <laughs> no one cares about what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> help me communicate this right now, Maris. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I just I I immediately was like, we need to tie this back to like what this yeah. is even about. So. Essentially, I was very upset because I feel like a lot of times like in those scenarios because Andrew had left left the scene, if you will, not because he was upset because he had to go pick something up from the house. So I had like a few minutes with this friend and it just became so apparent to me that people, especially our guy friends, because I think that they don't quite understand our dynamic, mine and Andrew's dynamic, because they are very different not like styles of men, but like they carry their masculine energy in a very different way than Andrew carries his masculine energy. So it's not as easy for them to relate to our dynamic because it's never a dynamic that they, they would find themselves in. And so in their attempt to understand it, they'll often criticize it in a way that we understand, you know, they just don't get it, but it doesn't change the fact that it really hurts and upsets me a lot of times to feel like they praise Andrew for quote unquote putting up with me instead of realizing like how Andrew views me like loves me and appreciates me for that because I balance him out just like he balances me out mm-hmm. and um there definitely in work situations like Andrew is more of like the peacemaker and I'm more of the authoritative figure that like has the answers like can take direct action and can get the quick results and that is the hat that I wear in the business and in our marriage it's completely different like in our marriage like I do not I do not wear that same hat in our marriage so I've often expressed to Andrew as I was in this moment in the bathtub when I was crying that I feel like he doesn't do a good job at recognizing when that's happening to me and doing anything to really, like, speak up and communicate, like, what's actually happening. And instead, he will find himself, like, just being in silence because he doesn't like conflict. He knows that they don't understand, and he is kind of okay with, like, just letting it go. Whereas, like, I'm hoping and wishing that he would stand up for what I would view as, like, standing up for um, me being mistreated and misjudged. Um, Because... We'll talk about that whenever we go home. So this night, the conversation started like that. And then it made me really ask him, like, does any part of you feel that way? Like, what do you feel about like us in the business and how we run the business? And like, you know, where do you want to be in 10 years? Like, what role do you want to have in the business? Like, do you, if you hate that role or you hate me calling the shots and like overriding, which he doesn't, I'm just like. I was spiraling. I think because like outside people were telling me that's what was happening, Um and so yes, Andrew communicated. I guess that when we started, then he was like, "No, that's not how I see it at all." Like,
1: yeah, I mean, I when we had that conversation, it was like ten years from now, or whatever the time frame is. Like, I want to be on stage with you or right beside you, like running the business, teaching, coaching, doing all those aspects of it, not necessarily and being a leader in the company where we have not necessarily getting lost and doing a lot of the nitty gritty and wearing as many hats as I wear now, but like running the company alongside you.
0: Mm-hmm. And this then led both of us to saying like, well, what exactly does that look like? Like, can we actually achieve that going down the path that we're going down? And what is Andrew's role in the company and what is my role in the company and how is the team fitting into that everyone that we're pouring so much time and energy into right now with our team like and the struggles that we've had with who we've attracted to the team you know and like there where we thought we were being super transparent and clear in our vision and then just have been taken advantage of time mm-hmm. and time again and you know it just being like a really quick easy way for people to make money and you know, because we are one of one of our passions is to prov- provide jobs and create opportunities for people. Um, and we've done that very open handedly, to say the least. Like we've a lot of times like sought after, you know, a certain number of clients or having business goals and stuff to be able to be able to fund, you know, some of these positions because we really want to be able to pour into people. And at the end of the day, like those people didn't end up, you know, carrying the company culture or my vision or my quality standards. It had costed us clients multiple times. Like mm-hmm. I'm constantly defending myself to clients. or trying to, you know, whip the team back into shape. And it, it, it was just feeling like this dead end road of, As long as my hand was in it and I was fully responsible for something, it went amazing. But my heart and my soul was not aligned with, you know, giving all my time and energy to a small handful of clients. Like, it was amazing that I could make a very tiny impact for that one person or that one team or that one thing. But it wasn't fulfilling to me. And I grew a ton of resentment for not being able to grow the business And and even when I was growing the business, I mean, you guys know at this point, like, I've had my company for over seven years and expanded it across the country to work with different teams. And so there's something must have been going, right? Like, I must have been helping somebody, right? But the harsh reality is, you know, what I've known to be true for a while now is that it's not fulfilling to me. And my inability to impact on a broader scale has has really impacted me emotionally it's impacted how I've handled the team how I've handled you know my dynamic with Andrew with work which I do think there is some truth to like me recognizing that sooner so we didn't get to a place where I was so just like more snappy that's really all it was I was just like snappily 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 (laughs) Snapple Apple. What is that? What is that drink called? Snapple. Snapple. It <laughs> doesn't
1: have like sayings or facts. I was the snappling at Andrew.
0: Um, but it wasn't him, right? Like it didn't stem from that. And I think at the end of the day, Andrew knew that. And I think he felt bad for me. And which is why we just never looked at it like that. Because it was just like shitty situations to be in sometimes where like he knew deep down that I didn't deserve to be like facing some of these scenarios that the team or whatever was putting us in Mm -hmm. when I had poured so much into that. So as we're having this conversation and we're talking about where do we see ourselves and what could be preventing us from getting there, a couple things happened. Number one, we had a giant epiphany. Giant. Like life-changing epiphany of where we were directing our energy in the world of real estate with our clients and how we can impact the real estate industry in a way bigger way and broader scale.
1: Like it was I mean it was massive. I don't how much do you want to get And into we
0: it? were no, I was just going to, I don't know if you had anything to say on it. We just, we had a very, very big epiphany that was like, oh, all of these lessons that we've been through, all of this time and energy and effort and obstacles and this team and that person and this person and it all in the blink of an eye through us talking about all of this different stuff. Like I wanted to tell that story about what happened at the bar with mine and Andrew's what at first felt like we were talking about our personal dynamic in front of our friends then completely flipped into our life purpose and like where we wanted to be and what we were deep down struggling with and at this point we pro- I'd probably been in the bath and we've been sitting there maybe for like five hours yeah it was a long time or it could have been four hours maybe at this point in total I think We stayed in the bathroom. I just kept emptying and refilling the tub or refreshing the water. And we were in there at least seven hours, I think. Yeah. We didn't leave. So one of the things, once we had that epiphany, we're like, this has all come together. And this is how we're going to impact the real estate industry as a whole. Okay. So we're thinking in this moment that that was the purpose Mm -hmm. for this whole, maybe we should call this the bathtub rescue.
1: Yeah, I think that's good.
0: I think it's going to be called the bathtub rescue. I love that. Oh, I love that too. Okay, so um, we're having this feeling, this is the whole purpose of this moment. And so we're feeling overwhelmed with appreciation that we feel like God gave us this epiphany. And we keep talking about that and we're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, God gave us this epiphany. We need to be so thankful. And I was like, Andrew, we don't ever pray out loud. We've got to pray out Mm -hmm. loud. We cannot let this moment pass us by. And I did. I felt so deep down in my soul like that was the answer that I needed. Yeah, I've never felt
1: anything like that before. It was the most like define, defined, divine, divinely orchestrated feeling.
0: Yeah, we got struck with a lightning bolt of clarity. Yeah. And so we did. So this is what we did. So this is where it gets a little bit mind-blowing to me because we could stop it right here and you guys would be like, wow, that's incredible and amazing and whatever. And lo and behold, we had no clue what was about to change and what was about to happen in our life. So we basically were praying out loud and we were thanking God for giving us this like epiphany light bulb moment. And we're like, this is, you know, like we don't deserve this, but this is amazing. And thank you so much. And we're going to like do everything, you know, to like make this happen and come true. And like, thank you for showing us our purpose and where we can take this and all this kind of stuff. And then I told Andrew, I was like, you know, how I've always told you That throughout my life, I'll say a prayer where if someone is not meant to be in my life or there's things in my life that are holding me back from my mission or purpose, to remove them. And so, this is a prayer that I would pray, like, even since I was young. And I would say, God, like, if this boyfriend's not, you know, meant to be in my life or this, like, I don't wanna go through this heartache. I don't wanna try and hold on to anything that's not meant for me. That's the gist of it, is like, please give me the strength and not I didn't even actually ask for the strength I just would flat out say like please remove anything and any person out of my life that I don't realize is holding me back or is keeping me from my purpose and I've prayed that and that really is like goes back to you know friendships being lost which we've talked about like in a past episode like that has led to moments of what I'm going to call tower moments in my life and in mine and Andrew's life together in relationship, um, where we've, you know, completely rid friends from our past, from our childhood. We've cut off like all sorts of kinds of relationships, family relationships, like,
1: yeah. Anything that was kind of like toxic or not serving us or kind of getting in the way of where we wanted to go, I mean, you ultimately try to make those relationships work. But when you recognize that they're not, I mean, what you got to take inventory of your life and, and cut those things off, yeah. you know, you give people a chance to, to like tell them what you, what you want or what you need from them. But when they, they've shown up time and time again and show you that they're not that, I mean, you got to put them in a different box.
0: hmm And the key piece of this prayer is like, you don't know how it's going to happen. So that's the scary thing, like to truly say that with your heart and soul and to use like Pastor Kevin's, you know, reference today to saying like, God can't resist like your cry to be rescued. Like, that's truly what the place that it has always stemmed from for me is like a cry for using my life in a way that's going to be for my greater purpose that I don't even know. Like, and I do genuinely like want God to use me. However, I'm going to make an impact. And I was, you know, born with with this desire to make an impact. That's just really what it boils Mm -hmm. down to. And it's always been tied to something around relationships. So I've taken a very unique, um, keen kind of approach to understanding, dissecting, and, like, truly wanting to like wrap my head around like people and relationships and connections and soul connections and why people are brought into people's lives and why our parents are our parents and our siblings are our siblings and like what what is the meaning of all of this and how can we use relationships to heal or to grow or to understand ourselves better so it's a weird thing that I've been obsessed with since I was very 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 little to the point where my parents were like you're giving relationship advice to like your siblings when like you've never even had a boyfriend or even been a part of it, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I I was born with, with, you know, an old soul, I think of of understanding and lessons that have been learned that I was meant to, you know, kind of like then pass on like throughout my life. And here we are with this podcast. So anyway, the key part of this prayer is you don't get to choose how it happens. And it's very easy To assume who's going to leave your life, how they're going to leave your life, how you're going to be in control of how they leave your life, and what feels very obvious of, like, who's toxic for you and what's about to get. And
1: it's not just exclusive to people, right? Like, it's anything in your life, right? Anything.
0: Yeah. Like, remove anything that's whatever. So, um, we did not know what was about to happen. Y'all heard us say this divine clarity... What all had to do with the real estate industry. Yeah. It was, oh my gosh, this is why we've been in this industry. This is what our purpose is. And we had unwavering, like to the point where we're looking at ourselves and we're like, did we just get that same download like from God at the same time?
1: Yeah, it was wild.
0: And so no part of us, like zero negative percent of us thought when we said this prayer that we had any reason to believe that people in our life related to real estate were going to leave our life.
1: Yeah, no part of me thought that.
0: I mean, I could have told you friends. I was like, "Yep, oh, they're probably out." When the when we like, so it's how many days later that we chose to quit drinking? Maybe like less than a week.
1: Yeah, it had to be like in the weekish time frame. Yeah. Like
0: less than seven days from that point, we it was like clear as day that like we needed to. um so like become sober and then once we b- chose to become sober, we're like, okay, like that makes sense. Like we did pray for this, you know, we mm-hmm. asked for this. We asked for anything that was blocking us. It's very obvious to us. This is not aligned. We're not going to be able to accomplish our life mission if we're like, you know, getting drunk every weekend and drinking every week, day and night and whatever, like no matter what our tolerance was and how functioning we were and successful we were doing that like we knew deep down that like that's something that we had to let go yeah so we were like okay cool like that's what got removed from our life we were very happy with our team we were very happy with all of our clients and then boom like probably like the same day actually that we went to quit alcohol we lost two clients
1: mm-hmm. like big ones too like, like
0: big retainer clients that And like, when we tell you we're intentional about knowing whether or not our clients are happy with us, like we literally have weekly phone calls where the only purpose of that phone call is doing like, you know, a health check essentially to be like, where are we at? What can our team improve on? Are you happy? Are you not happy?
1: Like, yeah, so we have a pretty good pulse on where everyone's
0: at. at all extru- times. Like, we intentionally go after. Now, people lying to us if they want to lie to us or not admit, tell us that their account manager on our team is fucking up, like, that's on them at that point. Like, we create the opportunity every single week mm-hmm. to have that conversation and. It works extremely well. I would highly recommend it to anyone who's in the service industry. We have some of we have amazing relationships with so many of our clients, and i really attest a lot of that being to that health check check-in call. Um, on the other hand, there was people who were their business was shifting, the market was shifting, they were not prepared for, you know, paying us on our monthly payment schedule that that we've had going um they they didn't prepare us in any kind of way for that or they were wanting to make different decisions We're virtual like a lot of people like desire to have an in-house person because of the manual you know running errands and you know going out and doing different things like you can fill a role if you have the money to pay someone to do a lot of your marketing stuff and you get them exclusively to yourself and they get to do things within your business. And yeah, it makes total sense. Like mm-hmm. we can't be everything to everyone. We also don't charge people what it would cost you to be able to do everything for everyone. We basically fill the gap for a very, very niche specific part of marketing within your business. And it works really well for our for the right people. And other people, it just doesn't align and make sense. Like we get that. So, anyway, so we had a couple different scenarios, like, start to play out with two people. Um, One of them was them needing an in-house person just because they needed someone to handle over the workload. And they didn't have enough to pay for us and pay for that person. So, they had to make the tough decision and take a gamble on hiring someone in-house, which we get. The other one was flat out, like, we just, like, didn't budget correctly and we don't have any money to pay you guys. And we're so sorry. And you guys have been amazing. So lost two clients and we're pretty shocked by that because we don't, if I'm being totally honest, we don't really lose clients. Like I fire clients.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Like that every case where we lost the clients cause we've decided to.
0: Yeah, we, we've made that decision. So that was a false sense of control that we thought that we had over this business, especially having the business for so long was me thinking that I was going to get to control like who came in and who left. Um, So that was pretty eye-opening, and we're like, wow, that's really kind of shocking that this has happened the same exact time that the alcohol thing happened. And we still had not connected the dots fully yet when it first happened that, you know, we had just prayed for anyone and anything Mm -hmm. to be removed from our lives that was keeping us from our higher purpose. So we lose two clients, we go on with our lives. Let's just flash forward over the last month. It's been a, a little over, I don't know, yeah, it's been a, only like a month and a week since we said yeah. that prayer. We've lost almost every single retainer yep. client that we've had. And like, I don't really know how to put this into perspective for you guys, but our business, our bread and butter relies on our retainer clients that pays for My salary, it pays for Andrew's salary, it pays for the salary of every one of our team members is this retainer business. And we have our retainer set up to where if people don't want to be on retainer anymore, which again, like we've we hadn't had anyone like tell us I don't want to be on retainer anymore. It was us like, you know, parting ways, but we have it set up in the contract where at least if they did for whatever reason didn't have money, didn't whatever um they have to give us like a 1 month notice like so basically what that means and it's from the time that like they make their retainer payment so that essentially guarantees us one more month of that retainer payment before we need to look to replace that business so gone apparently knew that our retainer clients were the people keeping us from our business and In all sorts of different circumstances and ways, one by one by one by one, like dropping like flies, we lost our retainer clients still. And and, and it, it actually started flipping from the point to where it was happening so much and it was all based on them not having money, you know, like, or them at least saying that they didn't have money or who knows, like just... It never happened to me in seven years of having this business. And we say this prayer and it all happens in one month. Like, mind-blowing. And at a time where we've never been more clear-headed, never been more whatever. So, um, there are still, like, a couple people that we have. But we know our contract is ending with them because we put our contract on, like, year. It goes, like, year to year. And so the people that are still on contract who are super happy with us, that we super love working with them. We're not doing anything to, like, rush in that. Um, But we're not going to renew now at this point. But for us to sit there, it became very, very apparent to us, like, God's removing these people from our lives.
1: Yeah, it's for a reason.
0: So then we really started looking at, like, we like, I felt like I couldn't even try and replace the business. And if I went and replaced these retainer clients with new retainer clients, I was like, God was really making me f- feel strongly like that I needed to s- completely step away from that business model.
1: Yeah, because even leads went cold, and like, for the last two years. You would always have at least a couple lead calls on your calendar. Every day. Every day or every week. And, and like, I would
0: close them almost immediately.
1: Yeah. So it literally, it was God, it was the universe being like, hey, this isn't where your focus is going to be anymore. It needs to be.
0: Like would not listened. give me the business and was taking, removing everyone from my life. Even to the point to where. You know, a couple clients who deep down, like, had been disrespecting me and my team for, like, so long. I eventually was like, you know what? You're fired now. Like, I got to a point over the month where I was like, literally needed their money in order to be able to keep our business operating expenses intact. And still chose to fire people from the sheer fact that I was going to like rely on my truth and what I saw as being truth and clear and as being clear headed allowed me to see a lot of these things like for what they were. So we say all this to say that like we've navigated going from like truly telling God like we don't want anything in our life that's gonna like mess like deter us from our path, really, I think mm-hmm. I even used the word distract us from our bigger yeah, purpose. You did. and have allowed and I say allowed loosely, like like allowed like all of this to be removed, and we have remained so positive and so hopeful in what that means for us, even though we've had to let our team members go, we've had to completely. Rethink like, how are we going to make money moving forward? Because we're not chasing the same clients in the same business now. It's always been part of our mission and, and path with Mary Stink for, like, me speaking and us doing brand development. That's always fueled a different side of me. So it's not that side of the business. Like, we're not going to get rid of Mary Stink altogether. We're just not going to entertain what we used to use as, like, the bread and butter Mm -hmm. of our financial operating expenses. And a la carte, as you guys imagine from the term, like, a la carte business is unpredictable, which is why I always had retainer business, because that was sound relationships we could pour into that would provide us guaranteed income for, you know, paying for all of our employees. And choosing to only entertain potential a la carte projects for a business is a huge gamble. Yeah. Especially when, like I said, this entire month, I've not been able to convert one lead. Now, in the history of the company and looking back, like February is not a, a month where anyone converts. I don't know what that has to do with. It doesn't help that in some pockets, people are struggling with the market, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, is that God heard our cry from that bathtub where we asked to be put on our path and we have lost so much of our stability in this life in this last month anything that that we were leaning on and accustomed to and comfortable with has all been stripped from us aside from our house thank god we have our house yeah and we not only have been stripped from, from that, but new people have entered my life in particular who have told me spiritual guides, you know, is what I'll call them because they are very like spiritually led Have have come into my life and communicated to me without even knowing what was going on. Like some of them are clients who I did brands for, for their, you know, their own businesses that have nothing to do with real estate who would tell me like Marys like you are not meant to be doing like marketing and real estate like the conversation I had with you like I see something like a light in you I see this in you I see that in you I've had person after person after person like pop into my life this last month and like without me asking them to have an opinion and them knowing I've had a business and they have no clue again what's going on have told me like this is not what you're supposed to be doing you're amazing at it no i'm not gonna i am amazing at it. <laughs> i'm really good at it
1: but it's like way too talented to be wasting it on that you know if you can if you can have a greater impact and reach more people for the betterment because of it's everything, deeper because it is deeper than just that one industry and if someone can like one client you sent a beautiful logo to and her first thought when she got it was like Maris does not need to be doing real estate marketing. Not because the logo was bad. The logo was amazing, and that it not... was like so in <laughs>
0: tune with like her soul that she yeah. was like, if you weren't able to capture the essence of this, like you need to get the f- like your f talent. Out of real your
1: estate. talent far surpasses this little niche, you know.
0: And how I'm meant to basically impact her? Mm-hmm. Who knows so that really struck me because i was like you know my word going into 2023 was a line and i prayed when we were in the dominican republic for two things the gap that i wanted to close was i wanted to stop romanticizing my future because i believe that when you romanticize your future you create that gap between your future self and your current self and You're limiting the abundance that you can have, the fulfillment that you can have, the, you know, living your life purpose right now because you view it as something that's intangible until you become older, you have more life experience. So I really wanted to intentionally close that gap so I could realize, hey, you know, I'm supposed to write books. I know that I'm supposed to be a speaker in some capacity. I know that to be true. I'm supposed to impact people on a broad spectrum and I know that to be true I've known that to be true about myself from from a from a young point in my life and it was when this woman this other woman who was connected to that woman that we were just referencing came to me and she told me Marist like I your your purpose that I see your purpose to have in this lifetime is to be a life coach and I just like laughed because I was like of course it is like I just was like you know, like I already know that, but I hate that term life coach. Like, I don't think I'm better than people. I don't think I just, there's some context of it that makes me think of like a therapist and like a therapist and a life coach. Like, like they, to me, not saying everyone's like this, but my personal feeling on that is like someone that feels like they know better, they're all knowing and like They're just giving advice to people and people are doing that. But you don't ever know anything about that life coach or you don't ever know anything about that, you know, therapist, like personally on their level. They're just somehow certified or qualified to be able to help you. And that doesn't resonate with me because even the point of me doing this podcast is to live by example, like to help people by my example of what I've been through and what I'm going through. So, you know, then I kind of learned the term of like lifestyle coach. So that's a lot more aligned with, you know, where I think I'm headed and what I'm doing. But the purpose is of us telling the story is that we had this cry for being put on our path. And then we had to have the discipline in our faith to believe that all these things that looked really, really bad were actually, like, intentional.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think... What what kicked this whole thing off and started the ball, ball rolling was the being intentional about asking for help or the being, being in the vulnerable headspace to allow yourself to be rescued.
0: Mm-hmm. Asking for the clear guidance, like asking for our heads to be clear enough, which is funny because... At first, I was like, oh, we have a clear head now because we're not drinking. And then you realize, like, one thing that I've done, I've always done this to you. I'm just now putting this together, by the way. Um, Like, this is coming obvious to me. Is I've always judged our, um, not judged. I've always based the success of a client relationship based on how much money they're paying us compared to the amount of headspace Mm -hmm. that they took up. And Andrew and I have an exercise where we'll go through and based on headspace, like meaning is a certain client like taking up like so much of like my headspace, Andrew's headspace, our team members headspace because they're difficult, because they're not helpful and because we're chasing them down because they ask too much of us because of whatever. And how does that compare to quote unquote, the amount of money we're making, you know, for the amount of time and headspace that... They're having, and we have found like there's some clients who pay us, you know, a hundred and fifty dollars a month. Who, compared to the headspace that they take up, is way more money per hour than someone who pays us thousands the most of dollars, yeah. thousands of dollars a month. But when we analyze the headspace that they're taking, and that's like a whole another lesson I can teach you how to do that. But the headspace they were taking, we were making, you know less than ten dollars a month off of them if we really added up the hours and amount of time you know they're occupying our time and energy and stress and combined with our team and all of that like so we've always done that so it's funny is like when I ask God to free up our our to give us clarity and space to receive that guidance and those messages like those people that I wasn't letting go of who take up so much of our headspace and our, which now that space in our head is I'm viewing it even more so than just like, you know, like were they worth it based on what they're paying us. Like and if they're paying us more, it wouldn't be worth it. No, it's like what God has shown me through this is like by allowing people to take that headspace and fog and cloud my mind and negatively impact my energy that, that cost is so much greater. Mm hmm. The cost of me not having that headspace available for divine guidance and intervention and clarity and my negative energy repelling positive people that align with my higher self and with my true self, like not being able to come into my come into my life because my negative like ener- energy would be repelling them. I wasn't receptive to that or You know, they weren't attracted to me or drawn to me because of what I was putting out. Whereas, like, when I find myself, you know, speaking to either, all the women this month who have really helped me see what they see in me. And when I work one-on-one with my social media clients or when I'm speaking in front of a group of people and they come up to me and they're crying, you know, after my marketing speech, quote, I'm doing that with air quotes, like my marketing speech, Like, my marketing classes, by the way, have nothing really to do with marketing. It's
1: mostly mindset and motivation.
0: It's mindset and motivation. And this woman told me, she was like, Maris, you're hiding behind marketing. You're hiding behind marketing because it's given you a small ability to tap into what you're actually passionate about. And I thought about that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like. It's so true like I use my marketing speaking and trainings to teach people how to find like their own worth and value and and how they can pour into relationships and how that can lead to abundance and all of that's true and all of that still pertains to marketing and pertains to social media but I've been marketing myself as marketing and she was like you need to rebrand yourself. You're, you're keeping yourself small and you're keeping your impact small by letting the world think that you're just there to help with marketing. Mm -hmm. Whereas like my brand creation, I always stem from a, who are you? What, what do you have to give to the world? Like where are you, what's your personality? What's your draw? Who are you going to attract? And I help people build beautiful brands that speak to their true or higher self. And then I get upset because people call me social media managers are you joking? Like, I'm not a social media manager. If you think of me as a social media manager, then you are incapable of, like, you're not seeing my value. Right. And that, I've really struggled. I've always struggled with that. Is like, quite honestly, like, I try my best to explain, like, my purpose in doing a marketing company is to help nurture relationships with your current sphere. Meaning that I help you to build and nurture relationships with people you've already met and already know so that they think of you and so that they refer business to you so repeat referral business is my method of marketing whereas so many people attach the word marketing to lead generation and think of social media just as a lead gen mm-hmm. tool instead of thinking of social media as a platform for doing what it was designed for which is connecting and socializing and building and nurturing relationships so the aha moments that I get from my marketing classes are really when, just boiled down to people like having a complete mindset shift on what even is the greater purpose and what are they doing and why are they using social media to begin with and what is their digital footprint saying about who they are as a person and and what they're capable of helping people with and, like, who they are, really. And, like, are you just, like, filling your social media with your vanity metrics and your stats and, like, the amount of money that you sold – you know, the millions of dollars in production that you did in real estate? Or are you telling the stories of the families that you helped? And are you showing like where your passion is for serving, you know, and helping people purchase or secure the most or sell, you know, or just yeah, whatever. That's what I
1: think is in at the heart of what where your talents lie is helping people tell stories, helping them tell the story themselves stories like the the story of themselves to themselves and helping them tell their story to the world and just using the tools at their disposal like social media and whatnot
0: yeah so the lesson that we've learned through all of this has really been god is blessing us right now by taking everything away from us that made us comfortable enough to continue the business in the way that it was in order for us to Have the time and the push, and the need to like seek after like what it is that we're truly here for, and you know by stripping all of this negative energy and toxic people and you know just things, things and people that don't align with our align with our greater purpose, by those being removed from our lives. We have the time and the clarity and we're also being, it's being required of us to have faith that God's going to provide for us financially and for our team members that we've had to let go and for, you know, any, any next step and any next mission that we put out there. We have to have faith that we're now put on the, on the right path and we can't live from a scarcity mindset of, you know, what's being taken from us and we have to see how that's now you know like Kevin said it today in church where he was like your time may have been taken from you and I struggled with that like I've invested seven years of my life mm-hmm. into this industry and into these relationships with these people and it's like my time and if I'm quoting you wrong Kevin then I'm sorry but I think that just of one of the one of the many beautiful things that you said that I aligned with was around you know the idea that like my time might might have been taken from me but it gifted me a testimony Mm -hmm. and a story that I get to tell and um and with that I think we're going to announce kind of what we think our new mission and purpose is going to be and I'd love if anyone who's gotten this far and has listened to this and if you see yourself in this new vision or or mission reach out to us but Angel I'm going to let you kind of tell that story too.
1: Yeah, so we realized through this whole process is we're like Maris and myself have so much experience like in this one industry, but we feel like we can help so many more people with our stories and our journey. So we have this vision um, for what we want to call, say it? You say it. You say it. You say it. Actualize.
0: Actualize.
1: Actualize.
0: What does the word actualize mean?
1: It's like putting action to what you visualize.
0: That's how I think about it. So I love it that that's stuck with him. Yeah. (laughs) What'd you think I was going to say? That's not like the actual definition, but that's so funny. That's what you said. Like I view the word actualize and I read the word actualize. Like I just am like, oh, it's like if you combined, you know, visualizing something and then putting it into action or taking action to bring it to life. So the concept of self act- actualization. Yeah, see, can you can never it. say that. Self actualization is to basically bring like your dreams and desires like into reality. So I feel like my soul journey has really been, you know, understanding like you'll hear it I heard it growing up being in church that it's like God has a purpose for you, and you know our mission and purpose like in this life is to bring people back to you know learning and understanding like god's grace and and bringing all all of it like leading back to God into mm-hmm. um that understanding and i always I always kind of like understood that from but viewed it very much as, like, a religious thing. It never, like, resonated with me. And then as I've gotten older, I have, like, kind of a different way of looking at it, but no matter how I'm about to say it, it kind of all comes back from the same purpose, like, or from the same place. Like, I think that God has a plan, and there's a purpose as to why all of us are on this earth, and there are people on this planet who are meant to be, through their life shine and show their light and that be a reflection of God and God's grace and God's, Mm -hmm. you know, goodness and all of that. And where, um, I believe that to be true is through pain and suffering, like pain and suffering and like everything I've been through from the abuse I went through as a child, from the abuse sexually, mentally, physically I've gone through in relationships to the Number of times I've been arrested to the... No matter how pure and good sweet little Marist was, God has put me through hell in high water to give me stories and lessons where no matter what, I never resented him and I never looked at God. And, you know, even a lot of Christians, like, struggle with that, but I've always been intrigued by it. I've always found myself in these absolute shenanigans of situations. That do not even make sense to me based on, like, me being the biggest rule follower in the world. Like, terrified of making mistakes. Like, I can't even, like, get into all of it right now. But it's also clear to me that, like, I am one of those people that's on this planet that's, like, meant to go through pain and suffering. And all of these obstacles in life. Because I do have such a positive outlook. And I'm so thankful for everything that happens to me because of what I learned from it and how it makes me stronger and almost how it helps me relate to people. If I'm being honest, like Mm. my ability to relate to so many different types of people because of my jail experiences, my abuse, my, you know, different phases of lack mentality, like all these things, like my different jobs, like me never taking like a traditional path ever with school with anything like allows me to relate to a broader audience and I'm so thankful for all of that so in knowing this and knowing that that's kind of like why I think that I am viewed we came up with self-actualization as being like the underlying like mission that we have is to teach people how to self-actualize but all we mean by that is we want to help people through my spiritual approach at life and Andrew's very like love for practical
1: yeah the physical like history and how to apply fit like physical practical uh elements to that and lessons and yeah. lessons. yeah
0: like andrew's very intrigued as to like cutting alcohol out and becoming sober like what that means like you know through the reframe app just learning how it affects our brain and our mind and our like on a very physical
1: physical like scientific level Same thing with, like, fitness. And all my interests are kind of more, like, in the physical world. Whereas yours are in the spiritual world. But we combine our strengths under this actualized... Brand. Brand.
0: To where our mission now is going to be to help people, you know, find that strength and navigate life's struggles and life's lessons. To connect with your higher self. With your higher best self. With the person that God intended for you to be and your life purpose that God intended for you to have. And I believe that everybody deep down has like a need or desire to fulfill that thing that's like deep within them that they know is their life purpose. And the things that end up blocking us from achieving that are our mental blocks, our fears, our relationships, our karmic cycles that we continue to repeat when we're refusing to learn the lessons that God's trying to teach us and all of that like our self-doubt like our lack mentality like there's so many different lessons like we could get into but we're going to build a community of people Who are able to pour into that soul growth and we want to help people with their soul growth journey and we feel like we have a place for that specifically in the corporate world where we feel like it's it's often lacking Mm -hmm. and we very very strongly feel that like the hokiness of like spirituality and the you know conventional structure of religion that people struggle with like And, you know, just, I guess it's like church and state. You can speak on it from like a whatever, like the separation, just the separation between like, you know, this like corporate environment and then like in business and the physical world and money and materialism and all of that stuff compared to like spiritual abundance and fulfillment and all of that. And all oftentimes like that, there being a big separation between the two, it's like you know, it's like the pastors are seen as, like, not having, like, of the small little town churches, like, they're fulfilled spiritually, but, like, where's that that financial abundance in this life? It's mm-hmm. typically, like, the corporate, like, really toxic, you know, people who are manipulating people and self-serving who will have this, like, material financial abundance, and we feel very strongly, like... That there's somewhere, like, in in between where, like, there doesn't need to be this, like, that world, that corporate world and that, you know, that wanting financial abundance, you know, like, is a bad thing or an evil thing. And how you can kind of merge the two together and if there could be more of, like, a merging of that then people would be more inclined to use their financial, their material financial abundance to pour back into the world Mm -hmm. and to do greater, bigger things. Um, And, and just, it just impacts so many things, whether it's like pouring back into the nonprofits, like into the organizations that are trying to, to provide change. So, we think, like, just knowing, I just know, like, if I've been impacting so many people one-on-one with, like, my social media coaching and essentially kind of disguising the spiritual lessons through that, like, imagine if I can find a way, you know, and then with you bringing the more practical side into it, where a lot more people will be able to relate to that and it'll kind of ground it. It'll ground the spiritual into the 3D. Yeah.
1: Because I mean, we, like you said, we've seen it in action in such this small world of marketing and real estate where your your entire trainings are more like you showing showing your spiritual side, your motivation side. Right. It's not like specific marketing tips and tricks. But because you think don't they're think they're
0: that you're sitting in a church it's... lesson, like you don't view it as that.
1: So we've seen it work on that small scale. So if it happens on a larger scale in a more intentional way, like there's no way like we've already seen the massive need for it.
0: Yeah. So how we plan on doing this if anyone's curious is we're going to essentially create a or one one of the things we want to do is create a membership site because again I just got done telling all kind of over the one-on-one. Not that I'm saying I wouldn't coach with somebody one or we wouldn't coach with somebody one-on-one, but what we want to do is we really want to take a lot of like our spiritual practices with like prayer and meditating and um And just reflection and introspection and journaling and learning spiritual lessons and how they tie into the material world in very practical ways to where you can see these lessons play out and resonate with them in your current life, in your jobs, in your romantic relationships, in your friendships. Um, We're going to create a very practical Approach to this through a membership site where we're not only playing off of these lessons and creating playlists of videos where we're finding very grounded ways of communicating these and how they tie into how they tie into your everyday life um that you can watch and binge, but we're gonna do this very much from a lifestyle perspective where if you want more of the spiritual element, you'll be able to tap into those videos if you want lessons on routine. Um, And what we do with routine and how we stay consistent with routine. We're going to talk through all of that from the physical actions to the mental strength that you build from that. If you're looking to improve your physical health, um, you know, we're, we're going to share what we do with that. We're going to bring in experts in different fields and invite guest speakers to do videos and guest podcasts this podcast is directly going to tie in Mm -hmm. to this membership site where you can continue to get to know us and our lessons so that you can you can determine if you feel drawn to us or like you resonate with our stories or our messages or the way that we view life then we will continue to pour into you through the podcast um which will always be free obviously And then we're going to come up with journal prompts. We're going to come up with all sorts of lessons, you know, so like even breaking down into like the corporate leadership development style type teachings, you know, and merging that with soul growth. So whether that's like a playlist on emotional intelligence and, and learning about emotional intelligence and how to apply that to an employee or a boss or a coworker or an industry or a movement or however you want to look at it but tying that together you know we're going to have full playlists on our strategies for like cooking and developing like fun and we feel like we have so much soul growth like through the art of cooking oh yeah and trying new recipes and you know just that practice of having to be completely you know completely locked into our recipe and each step and using your hands to create, you know, meals that you're then eating and enjoying together. And like how we even see that as like a, you know, a spiritual sort of feeling whenever we do that together and how we connect emotionally, how we feel like our souls connect whenever we cook together. Um, and we've had other people say that too, like in our presence of cooking, Mm -hmm. how how they see a complete like a completely different side of our connection when we're cooking. Um, so we're gonna share our recipes and how we make stuff and give practical, you know, checklists for routine and shopping and cooking and whatever. Um, there's so many different elements inside of life because we really, really fully believe that what has helped us is by grounding our spiritual self and our higher self with the reality of this world and and the the ambitious goals that we have even when they're financial and not seeing the desire to obtain money as being greedy or it being like the root of an evil devilish side of us and how can we show other people how to strip you know the concept of materialism away if that's something that they're seeking for some sort of self validation and how can we flip the script and change the concept of financial material abundance to now be you know desired because of the good that it can bring to the world in this 3D reality and give people hope and be a blessing from God and that's that's kind of our mission so we're, we're thinking about the membership site. We envision doing really, really big like community events.
1: Yeah, so a lot of things coming up in the works. And, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.
0: Yeah, see you guys next time. <sighs>